Okay, so um, let's go right in. For some of us, this will be a little bit of um, Bible faith review, but we've got to get this, guys. I'm telling you, we have to, have to get this. Amen. So, what is faith? Can anyone tell me classic scripture verse on the definition of faith? Very good. Awesome. I heard it collectively. Hebrews 11.1, 1, book of Hebrews. You know that book in the New Testament that's like 13 chapters long that's all about, that looks like Leviticus and so you read it and you're like, what is this doing in the New Testament? Um, that book. Hebrews 11, chapter 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Um, very important verse. I love this verse. Um, it, um, 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 I love the book of Hebrews. Um, as we see this book in, uh, verse in the book of Hebrews, we see the writer starting to go around and give examples of people that have demonstrated great faith throughout redemptive history. So um, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Um, I love that word substance. Some of our translations say certainty or assurance, which I love too. It's being sure of things that have been hoped for. It's, it's, it's assurance, it's, it, but it's a substance, substantial assurance. Um, so it's not merely a mental ascent. There is a, there's a living reality um, when it comes to faith. And I believe the second part of the verse really helps us understand that even more. It is the evidence of things unseen. So is faith something that, is it dependent on something that we see? No. Faith is not dependent on something that we do see. Actually, if that were the case, it would no longer be faith. It would be sight. But faith are the eyes of your spirit. Faith are something that says, God has spoken to me, and I am going to have a certainty and an assurance about it. And there will be evidence of it in my life. What is faith? Um, let's turn to Romans chapter 4. Another classic verse on Bible faith. Romans 4.18 You go through the Gospels, book of Acts, you turn one more over, and you're in the book of Romans. Chapter 4, verse 18. It says, Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations. So, how did he become the father of many nations? He believed, in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but he was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded, say fully persuaded, that God had the power to do what he had promised. So Romans chapter 4, I think, gives us another nuance on this, that God had spoken to Abraham something that was um, against hope, that there was reason not to have confidence in what God was saying. Why? Because of the natural circumstance. I'm 100 years old. 
My wife isn't much younger, and God, you're saying it's time to make a baby. I think that may be why Sarah laughed. Um, and, um, but he, he faced the fact of what was in front of him. He didn't ignore the reality. He didn't ignore the fact. He didn't, he didn't by faith say, God, by faith, I am 20 years old. I am ready to make lots of babies and to have a, a generations of a blessing and blessing and see all these multitude of children. No, he's like, God, like I'm 100, you know, um, that's old. Um, but he didn't waver in unbelief, but he was fully persuaded. So faith, according to Romans, is being fully persuaded that God is able to do what he promised. I'll say that again. Faith is being fully persuaded. Say fully persuaded. You know, when I um, preach, I love preaching and having the microphone because I get to do things that you know, I don't really like other people to do when they have the microphone, like turn to your neighbor and say, or, or say, I'm sitting in the chair, I'm like, I don't want to do this right now. But when you have the microphone, it's really fun. And if you just do what the guy on the microphone says, you can be invited into that fun too. So say that again with me, fully persuaded, fully persuaded. Thank you. Awesome. Faith is being fully persuaded that God has, um, has the power to do what he promises. Um, so there is an inner conviction. Hebrews 11.1, 1, another translation, says that the conviction of things hoped for, um, or, or I'm sorry, the conviction of things unseen. Um, but I love that word evidence, and I love Romans 4 here, because what's happening is that it's saying it's not only an inward reality going on, it is walked out by external evidence. You know, we, we get in this idea that if we just believe God, but, but there isn't really anything else on our part required of that much, that we're actually in faith. Well, that's, that, that may be true if that's how God is going to fulfill his promise, but Abraham, by faith, he believed what God had said, and then he acted on it. Um, a real simple thing, and I don't mean to be crude, um, is that he makes love with his wife, God told me I'm going to have a baby. I'm going to make love to my wife. You know, Mary had it kind of, you know, it was different for her. Um, <laughs> he's like, no, 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 don't go make love to Joseph. Y'all aren't married yet. Um, Zechariah, you're going to have a baby. He made love to his wife. There was, there was an evidence of faith. Hebrews, um, um, Hebrews 11 goes in every single example given in Hebrews 11. By faith, they did such and such. By faith, Abraham offered a sacrifice. Uh, Abel offered a sacrifice better than Cain. By faith, Enoch was taken up. By faith, Noah built the ark. So, I mean, just think about Noah. He's heard a word from the Lord, and he's the only one acting on it in, in the entire world. The entire world is around him, and build a giant ark that fits every single animal, two of them, well, and really more of that. Um, if you read some of them, there are like seven of them, seven pairs. It's like, golly, there was a lot of, there was, there was a lot of poop on that boat. Um, you can laugh when I say poop. Unless the Lord just supernaturally gave them all you know, clogged everything up. But um, anyway, 
That's what I would have prayed for. Um, by faith, in that there's going to be a flood, but I'm going to preserve your family, he builds the ark. And it just goes on and on and on. That by faith, the saints, they are, they are, the fact that they believe something, it has evidence in their actions. So faith is being, uh, according to Romans 4, what is faith being? Fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. And then acting out of that according to the leading of the voice of the Lord. Okay? So, that's what, what faith is, but why do we need it? Why is faith important? Why do I need to be fully persuaded that God is able to do what he has promised? Good question. We need faith, first of all, to please God. Hebrews 11.6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if there are things that I'm not allowing myself to get fully persuaded about when it comes to what God says, that he is able to do what he's promised, there is, we, we can't please God. Right before Hebrews 11, or right before Hebrews 11 is Hebrews 10, where it's talking about don't draw back when the pressure gets hot. Because we're not those that shrink back. We're not those that shrink back to destruction, but we are those of the faith. We will be the faithful ones, and we will stand. And, I mean, he's just charging these guys. He's saying, this is what God has spoken. This is who Jesus is. This is what Jesus said, and we're going to keep going forward no matter how hard it gets, no matter how much the enemy comes up against us, no matter how ridiculed we get by other people. We will stay in faith, and our lives will be evidenced by it. We need faith to please God. We need faith to live by. The righteous shall live by faith. If you want to experience the abundant life that Jesus promised, faith is an absolute necessity. My righteous ones will live by faith. How do we do that? You're getting ahead. We're still on question number two. Why else do we need faith? Really, this goes into understanding how God works and how heaven and earth work together according to God's design. Um, God, all throughout the Bible, has chosen to release his power and his blessing through human vessels that are fully persuaded that he is able to do what he promised. This is why Adam's fall, or an, a, 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 and a very important reason why Adam's fall was such, had such a devastating effect on the earth. Um, Satan realized that God was creating a human being and fashioning him in his image and filling him with his glory, and that mankind would be an instrument and a vessel of the release of God's life and blessing all throughout creation. And so Adam, uh, um, as he was hearing the voice of the Lord about the commandments that were given to him in the garden, Satan realizes what's going on. He's saying, look, God has just made a vessel. Satan, already fallen, bad guy, remember him? Satan, bad guy, comes in and he causes Adam and Eve to move out of that place of being fully persuaded to, did God really say? 
And when Eve and Adam broke agreement with what the word of the Lord had spoken, they had handed their authority and they had um, over to Satan and they had become a vessel of death and curse to be released in the earth. Cursed is the ground because of you, God said to Adam and Eve. And what happened? They came out of agreement with the word of the Lord. Satan came in and got them in unbelief, got them questioning, and got them in disobedience as a result. And he got them agreeing with him. Him. He, he didn't only question God. He came in and said, no, you're not going to die. Your eyes are going to be opened. You will have a new level of knowledge and understanding. You're going to be great. You're going to be crowned with glory and honor. And, and they believed the word of Satan. And by believing Satan, they released the work of Satan all across the earth. The curse. Death. Sin. But God found a man named Abraham. And God spoke a word to Abraham. And he said... I will bless you. Those who bless you will be blessed. Those who curse you will be cursed. And every family of the earth will be blessed through your seed. He spoke a word through Abraham. And he's saying that my blessing is coming into the earth in an entirely new extravagant way than it had before you. And, 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 and I'm going to use you, Abraham, as a human vessel to release my life and blessing throughout the earth realm. And Abraham believed fully persuaded that God was able to do what he had promised. And so um, this, this, this is significant because if Abraham had not believed, what would have happened? He would have stopped that release of blessing coming across the entire earth through him. God probably would have found somebody else. But... Um, God was using a human vessel, and he cut a covenant with Abraham um, and said, I'm going to guarantee that I'm going to do what I've said. Um, now, what I'm encouraged about is that Abraham definitely didn't get it right all the time. As we know, Abraham's <laughs> first assumption is, okay, God's gonna, I'm going to give an heir to someone in my household because God spoke this word, but, you know, I'm kind of old, and I just don't see this happening. But God comes again to reassure him, no, it's going to come from you, you, from your body. And so Abraham receives that word. He's like, okay, great. That's awesome. But then he, he, he's, he, he um, isn't seeing it happening with Sarah. And so Hagar, and they have a child, Ishmael. Um, but the Lord comes again. No, it's going to come through Sarah. And Abraham, even in his kind of struggled um, um, reach into being fully persuaded without being unpersuaded at all, he, he had a journey, but he locked in and said, okay, look, I've tried to do it this way. I've tried to do it my own way twice, and God has made it clear that my way is not going to work. So I'm going to get in line with what God says this time. He did. Isaac. David became an instrument, a human vessel by which God would release his life and his blessing all throughout the earth. Through such an extent that God spoke to David and said that your descendants, one of your descendants, will sit on my throne forever. 
And so God just narrowed in and he locked in because he found a man, David, who would agree with him, would agree with the word of God that a man was coming to completely reverse all of the work of Satan in the earth. And he said, it will come from one of your descendants. And David believed God. Jesus demonstrated this for us. And I explained a bit of this last week, so I'm going to reiterate. But Jesus, as he, he is a human being, fully God, but, the, the, but also fully man. And as a man, had to come in agreement and partnership with the Father to release the life and blessing that he came to on the earth. And so Jesus, in the wilderness, is once again, Satan sees a God-man in the earth. And he comes up to Jesus in the wilderness and challenges again the word of God. What did God say? You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. What did Satan do? If you are the son of God. He challenged and then he gave him something to do. If you believe that you are the son of God, then this is what you need to do. And, and what, what he's doing, he's trying the exact same thing he did in the garden to get the God man to agree with him, bad guy, and release the curse throughout the earth once again. But Jesus said, no, my father said this. And he stood his ground. And then he came out of that. Luke 4. The spirit of the sovereign Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Um, so this is, this is how God does it. And Jesus, he was not only um, um, being a, a, a fulfillment of, of, of how God would release blessing in the earth. He was also um, teaching you and I how to do this. And he was constantly talking to his disciples about faith. Here's why faith is important. Here's what the kingdom of God is like. And he's saying to them, the works that I do, you will do in even greater if you believe in me. If you believe in me. If you get fully persuaded in who I am and what I say, you abide in me, my words abide in you, John 14 through 17, then anything you ask, I will do it. Beloved, this is an incredible level of authority and favor that God is granting to us as human beings. And, and I mean, this, I read these verses, and I'm, I'm not going to lie, they bother me. I read them, and I'm just like, God, like, this isn't, it doesn't seem like this is happening. What's going on? And, and, I, and I look at what Jesus has promised in his word, and I look at the, the, uh, the present and the past. I'm just like, God, what's going on? And it's Satan again trying to get me. Did God really say? Did God really say? Did God really say? And he wants you to come out of agreement with those words, to block the channel of blessing from heaven to earth. I'm not going to do it anymore. And I don't want you to either. So I am staying on these things. I am going for this. So let's get to our um, um, other two questions on the how. If, if this is what faith is, being fully persuaded that God is able to do what he's promised, and, and why faith is important to live by, to please God, and to release heaven to earth, um, why is this? A, how do I get this? Um, this is absolutely important. Um, we get faith, Romans 10, 17. Now faith comes by hearing. 
What do you, how do you hear? The words of God. But what, I mean, what human faculty do you use to hear? These guys. God has blessed me with larger ears than he has some other people. And so when he says, if you have ears to hear, I say, God, I got them. I've got two. Hearing the word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the message, hearing the word of God, hearing the word of Christ, hearing about Jesus, hearing the word of Christ. I want to get the words of Jesus in me. If I want to get faith, I've got to get the words of Jesus living inside of me. Jesus said, if my words abide in you, if my words live on the inside of you, they are alive, that when Jesus speaks, his words are spirit and they are life, and you allow them to come into your heart and breathe life into you and to, and to, and to strengthen you in your faith, as Abraham was. God had to keep coming with the word to Abraham multiple times. This is how I'm doing it. This is what I've said. This is my promise. And Abraham was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God because he was hearing the word of the Lord. So faith, we are, we're, pull, we're fully persuaded. We're getting into an agreement with heaven. We're getting into agreement with God. How do we get it? We listen, 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 listen. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Our biggest hindrance to not walking in the promises of God and the abundant life he's given us is if we don't listen. Let's turn to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Matthew, Mark. Stop there at Mark chapter 4. We went over the first part of Mark chapter 4 last week, so I won't, I won't go to it in too much detail, but um, this... Mark chapter 4 gives us the whole, this parable, uh, the most important parable for understanding all the parables of the kingdom. And what Jesus is doing in the parables is he's teaching people about the kingdom of God. And what he says in Mark chapter 4, verse 9, is he shares this very important parable about the seed and the soil. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Pay attention, Jesus is saying. Pay attention. Um, um, but I want us to take us over to verse 26. Mark 4.26 says this. He also said, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Very similar to what we saw in the first part of Mark chapter 4. Seed and ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself. Say all by itself. All by itself. The soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. So let's listen to what Jesus is saying here so that we can have faith, so that we can have agreement with him. Um, that that um, 
the kingdom of heaven works like this, that just like a farmer who's scattering seed day and night, night and day, day and night, night and day, scattering seed, goes out the next day. Is there a plant the next day? No. But he keeps going out night and day, scattering seed, scattering seed. Two weeks later, is there a plant coming out of the ground yet? No. Scatters seed, scatters seed, scatters more seed on the ground. Two things here. Seed, ground, seed, ground. Mark chapter 4, first part tells us what that is. The ground is our heart, our soul, people. The first part of Matthew chapter, or Mark chapter 4 tells us how different people receive um, the seed. The seed is the word. The seed is the message. So how do I get in agreement with God? How do I get fully persuaded um, that God is able to do what he promised night and day, day and night? I want to scatter seed into this little heart. This is so important, guys. Listen to me. The more we meditate on the Word of God, the more we get the Word of God on the inside of our hearts, um, the more it starts to produce the fruit. What did it say? All by itself, the soil produces grain. All by itself, it produces the grain. So the more we keep sowing the Word of God into us, it is, fruit is naturally going to come up. But we still have a part to play. We still got to sow the seed of the Word of God. That's why we got to get in this Word. That's why we got to get in this Bible, guys. I mean, come on, charismatic. It's not just all about Holy Ghost feel-goods. And we know that. But I want us to be really serious about that. I want to say, I w- if I want faith, if I need faith to live by, to please God, and to bring heaven to earth, I better get some word in me. Guys, I'm, I don't want to be the Christian that just sits on the chair and watches all the cool stuff happen on stage. I don't want to be the person just comes in and says, oh, well, that's cool. I had a nice Christian experience growing up. I want what God said is available to me. I want that for my family. I want this for you. And I want, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Matthew, let's get the seed in you. Get the word in you. Hearing, hearing, read the Bible aloud. Get godly books that talk about the word. Red book, purple book. Black book, these particular, red, purple, and black books. Um, Listen to teachings. Well, Matthew, you told me this last week. I'm telling you again because I want you to listen to me. Listen to the word of the testimony. Um, and, 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 I mean, we talked last week just, what about this? What about disappointment? What about that? What about this? And I'm just telling you, you gotta keep getting the word in you. Wrestle out those disappointments. Pour it out to God. And, and, but stay on his word, guys. We've got to keep getting us on, this on the inside of us. Uh, little story. When I was um, um, first, I graduated college, um, the Lord had spoken to me about going into full-time ministry. And, I mean, he, um, and he, he met me in a way during a conference in 2007. I won't share the whole story. Um, where I was fully persuaded that's what, what, that's what God wanted me to do. Um, and it was, it was, challenging because I didn't quite see how that was going to happen. And I've been kind of tossing back and forth. I was a music major at SMU in the opera program. And I'm just like, you know, I'm kind of sitting in that practice room, plunk, you know, clinking the piano and just like trying to learn this Italian or German aria. I'm just like, Lord, 
there's someone dying and going to hell in the room next to me. You know, that, that's what was on my mind. Um, and so, uh, but the Lord said, be faithful. <laughs> so I kept learning my German and Italian songs. Um, but, um, but I just wrestled with this, and then the Lord met me in a way and just spoke to me, full-time ministry. Matthew, this is where I'm taking you, and I'm taking you now. Um, so I go to a campus ministry training school, and I'm telling you guys, like, so much emotions were coming out of me at this time. Um, in 2007, I'd had, like, like, 10 demons cast out of me. Um, all of those are kind of their own story. <laughs> but, um, and I mean, I'm just like... I go into ministry school 10 days before I arrive in Nashville, Tennessee at the Every Nation School of Ministry. I had a demon cast out of me at church. I mean, it was intense. I fell backward, got my head stuck in between the chairs. Like, I mean, it was like, I'm not, I'm joking, but I'm not joking. It actually happened. And so I'm coming in with just like, Lord, you said this to me, but like, I just don't see how this is going to happen. And I'm, I go through two months of it, and then my, um, my uh, ministry school directors both sit down with me, and they're like, Matthew, you are ready. God has made you for this. You're going to do this, and you're going to get your support team, and it's gonna, you're going to go for it. And I'm just like, I am not ready. And I was just, <laughs> um, but I, I came out of that, and I, and I had to wrestle through that for a while. Um, um, and it took me two years to get a fully funded donor team to be full-time on the campus. I was still doing things part-time, but two years. And throughout that two years, the thing that my campus pastor kept saying is you've got to get this word in you. Because if your source is in those people and not in God, and you're not getting grounded in who God is as your source and provider, these, these partners are going to come and go. And I mean, it was, it was challenging. But then, so I just, I keep getting in the word of God. I'm making the, the cold calls like, hi, this is Matthew with Victory Campus Ministries. <laughs> Give my little spiel. Would you like, would you be interested in hearing more about it? And I mean, it's just like every phone call was like, <sighs> like just awful um, in, my, in my heart. I mean, I had people just like get mad at me and start talking to me like, why are you doing this? I don't think people, should, you're just begging for money. I mean, I just... Some phone conversation, I just get on the floor and just start crying. I'm just like, God, what's going on? What's going on? I had to keep going back, though, to the, what the Lord had spoken. And I mean, two years, and I got it. And it was in. And I'm like, okay, God, we're in. We're going. This took a little longer, and I probably should have done this and that differently. Kind of like Abraham is like, well, you know, maybe God's going to do it this way. Um, but the Lord said, no, this is how you're going to do it, because I'm training you, and I'm teaching you something very important this way. Do it this way. Okay, Lord, I did it. Um, but it, it, it took time. It took time. And that's what I love about the Lord is that he, as we're getting the word in us, not only is the word uh, um, getting sown into our hearts, but he is in his goodness will give us these power encounters or these, uh, these breakthrough moments that help us in our journey of faith along the way. Um, when Aisha and I were getting married, I mentioned this, all the blessings that, that came through. Um, but it just took like so many times of God visiting us with financial breakthrough for me to start to get in this place of, okay, I guess God's just going to provide for us. <laughs> we get a $3,000 gift. Yes, this is awesome. Oh, little trouble comes. Little payment in the mail comes. Oh, God, I can't really do this. Do I still give? Do I still sow? Yes, Matthew, you still give. So, ah, I mean, it was ugly, ugly, really ugly. Praise the Lord for John and Tracy that just, you know, 
kind of put me back together in premarital counseling and for my wife that kept standing on the word of God. We just, we kept seeing these breakthroughs come in. And then I'm telling you one week before our wedding, one week before our wedding, we had two people come up first person that that just gives us a a check for $500. I'm just like, whoa, I'm going to be able to go on my honeymoon. Lord, this is awesome. You know, um, and just was just starting to come full time on storehouse that that um, that uh, um, and and I was very blessed to to be able to start um, getting a salary from storehouse, but that hadn't kicked in yet. So I'm just like, Lord God, you got to do something in that meantime. Um, that five hundred dollars came in um, later that day. Someone came up and gave us one thousand dollars, <laughs> and I mean break down. I'm just weeping, weeping, weeping before the Lord. I'm just like, Lord. <laughs> I believe, help my unbelief. Um, And he does. And he just, he kept doing that. He kept doing that. And he just, he he assures us. He he, he persuades us. Um, How do we get faith? We get the word of God in us. And then when those breakthrough moments happen, or the ones in the past, as I mentioned last week, we thank the Lord. We meditate on it. We share the testimony. We've got to stay in faith. We hear testimonies of other people that have been in similar situations, and God got them out of it. And we keep our hearts from getting bitter and jealous. Oh, God, you just did it for them because you like them better, or, or whatever it is, whatever the enemy is saying to you. And, you know, I, we vocalize it, and that's really what's happening. Like, God, you like that person better. You're going to do it for them, but not for me. No, the word of God is true for Matthew, just like it's true for Gary Cassie, just like it's true for John Eckert, just like it's true for you. Okay, how do I know that I'm in faith? Last question. How do I know that I'm in faith? Um, sometimes we, we think we're in faith, and then kind of the trouble and the shaking comes, and we're, ah! and we kind of freak out. Is it okay that I'm being a little bit dramatic here? Okay, good. What's unfortunate is actually that is just a little bit dramatic from how I've been in the past. Not a lot of dramatic, just a little bit. Um, uh, how do we know? Um, we, first of all, because um, let's remember the definition. Faith is being fully persuaded, fully persuaded that God is able to do what he has promised. Um, so we receive the word, um, but then um, when the way we kind of know, a few signs that we, that we know we're in faith is that there, there's a peace and there's a security there. That when we look at the outward circumstance, that stops dictating what we believe. Matthew, you're called into full-time campus ministry. Lord, people are yelling at me on the phone and telling me I'm begging for money and that I shouldn't be doing this and doing that, but you said this. Okay, so there's the freak out, which is okay for a little while, guys, but at some point, the five-year-old's got to turn into a 10-year-old and a 20-year-old and quit whining. And I don't, I'm telling you, I'm the one that, that, that does that. And that the Lord just, he's a good father. He scoops you up. And he's like, it's okay, but will you agree with me? And you're like, yes, Lord. And so, and my wife is like, just believe, honey, you know. <laughs> and just, and there's no condemnation. God is such a good father and he's such a good leader. But I'm telling you, we, there has to be a, a point where we start Getting back in the Word of God. Oh, what happens when trouble comes? I'm going to sit. I'm going to meditate on the Word of God. I'm going to remind myself. 
you know, and guys, we totally have bad days, bad weeks, maybe bad months, you know, and it's just like you're getting people around you helping. Sometimes we just need someone to come around us and hug us and tell us it's going to be okay. That's okay. But once they hug you and say it's okay and get back in the word of God, don't go to the prayer line, just get someone to hug you for a little bit, and then you go back and just stay meditating on all the reasons why God's word is not true. If you have ears to hear, hear what I'm saying. This is really important. Um, but, but when there comes a point, and we grow into this, where there's like, okay, God, I am, I'm fully persuaded. This is what's going to happen. This actually happened to me with school, with my master's degree. Um, people have been telling me to go to seminary for months. I'm in full-time ministry, and they're like, or for years, rather, you should, go to, you should go to seminary. You should go to seminary. I'm like, why would I go to seminary? Who from seminary is doing anything for the kingdom? Um, and the Lord, um, Heidi Baker has a PhD in systematic theology from Kings in Oxford, um, in, uh, in England. Um, Randy Clark, doctor of ministry. C.S. Lewis, pretty important people. So I'm like, okay, Lord. O- over time, the Lord comes again and again, visits me with 20, 25 dreams about being back in school. And I'm like, okay. I mean, to the point where in, in ministering at SMU campus and even at dreams where I'm attending. And I thought they were spiritual and symbolic until about dream number 10. And I'm like, okay, Lord, maybe there's something else going on here. So I started to pray. And I started to just wrestle out for months. And I'm just like, God, I don't want to go to school. I'm still trying to pay off my music degree that I'm not using right now. you know. <laughs> and so... Um, Long story short, through a number of conversations, it took me eight months from about the time those dreams started to a point where I just, I just had this inside conviction just hit me. It had been going over the dreams, been praying about it, and just hit me in my heart. I'm going to school, and I'm getting a PhD. And I mean, this thing just hit me so hard. Um, 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 and it wasn't like this big dramatic encounter. It was just like, I know this just as much as my name is Matthew. Um, it just it just came on the inside of me. It took time, but then I went there, and then and then and I'm I'm deciding what I want to do, and I decide to go to SMU, decide to go to Perkins School of Theology, which is a more liberal liberal um, um, seminary. So I'm just like, God, why would I go there? I mean, I went to the tour day. I'm just like, oh Lord, this is going to be intense. Um, but I had been looking around at a number of schools, but decided I just I I told the Lord two things. First of all, I said, God. If I'm doing this, I don't want to pay for this. I don't want to take out another loan. I don't want to swipe any credit cards. I want this covered, paid for. And there came a point through prayer, through examining, through just writing out all my decisions where I said, I believe Perkins is where I'm supposed to go. Um, and I'm just like, Lord, you're, you're going you're gonna to have to be with me there. Um, and I believe the Lord honored even just my request. But something was, I was convinced that this... This is the place. And I had, I had people, I had loving people, well-meaning people start to ask me, why? Why are you going to seminary? Why are you going to Perkins of all seminaries? Um, why are you doing this? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? This seems, more, this seems more like what God would want you to do. This seems more natural. And, I don't, and, and it, was, it was hard on my heart in the sense that 
you know, you love people and you want them to like you and agree with everything you say and do. Um, but that's just, that's not the case all the time. Um, and they, and, and they, they're, they're questioning and no one was, no one was real mean about it, but it was just like, Matthew, what are you doing? And just that question kept coming into my head. But I just, I had this thing in my heart. I said, you know what? This is what God's told me to do. And, and their questions actually helped me start to anchor myself in what God had said. And that's how we need to respond to challenge and opposition to the word of the Lord, is get anchored. Get anchored. Um, and, and I mean anchored, yes, there are, things, there are dreams, there are prophetic words. I mean, I had like 25 dreams to go by. Um, but, um, but there was this inward conviction that I had too. But we want, we want we, for, for natural things about God, do you want to bless me? Do you want to bring me out of lack and debt? Do you want to heal my body? Do you want to bless my marriage? Do you want to heal these relationships? We start saying, if I want to get anchored, I want to get in the word of God. And so that when someone says, Matthew, why do you believe that God is going to provide for you your whole life, get you out of debt, and make you a blessing, overflowing blessing to any people? I say because Proverbs 10.22 says the blessing of the Lord brings wealth and he adds no trouble to it. I, I say Psalm 23, that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, I shall lack nothing. Because I have a good shepherd, I have a good God, I have a good father. And I keep anchoring myself in that. And so we don't just come up and just, and just you know, I just believe this because I believe it. Well, did God, we, faith comes when the will of God is known. We want to get the will of God. We want to get the will of God in these scriptures. We want to pay attention to the leading of the Holy Spirit in our dreams and visions and prophetic words, but even those need to be dictated by what's going on in here, guys. Get anchored, anchored, anchored. I think that's all I have to say. All right, so what is faith? Being fully persuaded that God is able to do what he has promised. Why faith? To please God, to live by, to bring heaven to earth. How do we get faith? Sow the word of God into our hearts day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night. How do we know that we're in faith? We anchor ourselves in this word and that when the trouble comes, we whine, we cry, we get hugs. God, ah, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We get hugs. It's going to be okay. And then we, choose, we go back. We get in the word of God. And then we stay with it that our actions will evidence. Faith is the evidence of things unseen. So my life, how do I know I'm in faith? I am doing things that God has said within that that is demonstrating that I actually believe it. Oh, now I know what I'm going to preach on next time. Okay, um, I'm going to um, talk a little bit about our building, and then um, and I want to pray for you guys. Um, we are um, um, building. We have our remodel going. Um, a little update on that, um, and I uh, we have in our one-time gifts. Our goal has been to raise one hundred thousand dollars, and we are currently at forty-five thousand four hundred dollars which I think is awesome. Um, so thank you, everybody that has given. 
Um, thank you, everybody online that has given to that. Um, in our pledges, we also um, are raising $100,000 in pledges to continue covering expenses over this next year as we transition into our, our new building. Um, and at, we have a pledge amount of $57,675. Um, and so we are, um, we are very grateful, we're very thankful to all of you who have, who have pledged. If you have not made a pledge yet, if you, um, either a one-time offering um, um, or a, um, a pledge over the next 12 months um, to give um, you, there will be, there's cards in your chairs right now um, that you can look at. And I want us to ask the Holy Spirit about this. Now, okay, Matthew, did you just give this faith message so I'd empty out my bank account um, at the end? No. I want you to hear from the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit has spoken to you about giving, then I want you to be obedient. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So if God speaks something, God, I'm, he says, Aisha, I'm going to bless you. I want you to give in this way. The evidence that I believe, okay, he's blessed me, he wants me to do this, and I'm going to do it. So I'm giving you an opportunity tonight to give and to invest in helping us train people to access heaven and transform earth. Um, we're excited about the building. Come out on Saturdays, see what's going on, see the progress there. It's really encouraging. As all those walls are going up, you're walking through it, it's like, man, this is real. There's, there's substance to this thing I've been believing for right in front of my eyes. Um, but um, my heart for you um, through this message and through this opportunity I'm giving you right now is, is to really be anchored. Um, to be anchored in faith and to partner with us in what God is doing. Paul talks about in um, Philippians um, 4 that there is, there, is, there is a difference between sowing into needs of a person and then in sowing into partnering with the ministry assignment. And Paul was saying to them, as you partner with me, as you've given to me, you've actually given to an account in heaven. And, and that's why Paul is excited. And, he's just, and, and, and I just tell you today, God's going to meet our needs, and I'm thankful for that. Um, but I want to invite you to take part in that because as you give towards, um, as, the, as the Holy Spirit leads you to give into a ministry, whether here or anywhere, that you get, you get to partner with the blessing that God's releasing in that area and through that assignment. Um, so, John, do you want to say any words to us? Okay. So, John, how about you come up and pray? Give John Eckert a hand. So he'll pray for us, and you just ask the Holy Spirit. If you've given, thank you so much. Um, if you haven't given, please pray about it. Um, and I just want to tell you the honest truth is, is the Lord, um, as we first gave, the Lord kind of nudged us a little later on and told us to give again. Um, he may be telling you, you're good to go. That's awesome, but I just want you to, to um, be open to whatever the Holy Spirit leads. Thank you, Matthew. That's a fantastic job, by the way, sharing your heart on faith. Y'all, just give him another hand. Um, and uh, I, first of all, I just want to, uh, just, let's just pray and let's just thank the Lord. Lord, we thank you for our wives. That our wives, a lot of times, are, are the ones that are saying, have faith. This will happen. The, that the Lord is going to see these things come to pass. And that's, that's my testimony. My wife is a very faithful person, as you know. And so, Lord, I thank you uh, for those words. I thank you for those times when I don't see it, and she does. 
And Lord, um, it's, it's just so good to put us together so that can happen. And uh, Lord, we are, uh, you know, this, this is the first time, as you know, that we've gone out and, and um, raised money for something like this. And to see this home built. And uh, you reminded me even, Lord, that the first dream that you gave Tracy when you walked into her room and you said, rebuild my temple. And we've had all of these spiritual, um, you know, interpretations of that dream, and they're all, I'm sure they're all right, but we're literally rebuilding your temple right now in the natural. So, Lord, I'm asking uh, today that you would uh, move on the hearts of those that are to be um, involved with us in this building. Lord, I know that it's going, to, um, it's going to be good fruit for this city. Lord, you've given us a stirring, a heart for Carrollton and Farmer's Branch in Dallas and the area, the surrounding area that you've said that is your assignment, that's your area. And so, Lord, help us to do this. Where those meeting rooms for the kids, so you've got these huge rooms over there for these kids that we're, we're so excited about that. And, um, and I thank you for that. I know that you're going to fill that up. You're going to finish the work. You're going to finish the sheetrocking. You're going to pay the sheetrockers. You're going to pay the heating and air conditioning and the plumbing and the electrical guys. Lord, it's going to be amazing. But I, I see those rooms right now, even as I'm praying, full of children. So, Lord, help us, Lord. We, we don't see it in the natural. We, we're still... Uh, we've gotten so much raised, but we're still short in the natural. And so, Lord, move on the hearts of those that are to partner with us today. We thank you for what you've given. We thank you, Lord, uh, for moving on the hearts of the people to give into your kingdom. And you, we thank you. I personally thank you for moving on our hearts, Tracy and mine, to give into this work. It's our pleasure to do so. Lord, we know that you are faithful to do what you've promised to do, so we're at peace, we're at rest, that this work will get finished. And we thank you, Lord, that you're a worthy God, that when you say something, it comes to pass, that you're truthful, you never lie. So, Lord, we believe, we, we believe tonight for this to be done in our city. And, Lord, let it bring good fruit, that this would be just the start of something amazing for that quarter over there that we're that's our assignment in the city. And Lord, we love you and we bless you. Thank you for all of these who have partnered with us in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, John. May you be blessed and you're going out. May you be blessed and you're coming in. May you be blessed in every need that you have. Physically, financially, emotionally, spiritually. Amen.